0: This is our 60th episode of Sports Groove. We're, we're we're nine away from the nicest episode possible, so we'll have to we'll,
1: do something really special for that. Yeah,
0: one. we'll have to do something really nice for that one. And we've got Andrew and Charles, as always,
1: but we've got a special guest. Andrew, introduce us. Absolutely, we have. Um, I guess this is one of those uh, longtime listener, first time caller deal. Um so we have our resident uh poll maker, uh realignment maker, graphics maker, you name it. Uh he goes by Freddie Airmail. Uh so Freddie is although we just call him Freddie. Uh so Freddie is here with us tonight. Hey guys. Yo, it's nice to finally be able to uh, talk to you in person because, uh, you know, we you're on the show all the time. Uh, we love having you, but uh, now we actually get to talk to you in person and uh, talk to the man, the myth, the legend himself. <laughs> so,
0: so Freddie, how's uh, how's quarantine treating you? Oh, you know, it's it's been a blast. <laughs> have you have you uh, discovered any new shows or or, or or learned how to whittle or what have you? Learned how to weld? I don't know. People are learning new stuff now. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, watching a
2: lot of uh, ESPN. Taking a lot of draft stuff.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, now, now people are dolphins. People down here are like, are the dolphins really going to take Tua or whatever? Now, now everybody's questioning it. So... <laughs> watch watch us take a tackle you know what let's 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 (laughs) let's uh let's take a tackle and we'll we'll try this tanking thing one one more go around but uh yeah Uh, okay so we've got nba courtside 2002 in the background that was a gamecube exclusive with the late great kobe bryant as the cover athlete and i'll have some random game going on there in the background and there's an announcement finally on the top left corner. NBA Horse Challenge. ESPN will be televising the semifinals and the finals at nine o'clock Eastern Time on Thursday. So if anybody's desperate to watch anything sports related, you can watch that. And uh, Charles, who you we were hoping to get that they would they could get for that one.
3: Uh, Steph Curry, because let's be honest here, that man can shoot from the rafters and make it in. I don't need to see Chris Paul. With all respect and love for Chris Paul, his his very kind of pseudo-wonky jump shot coming in there. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. And, well, this is a who-the-heck-cares-we'll-figure-something-out episode because I have no real structure for this. But, uh, Andrew, you suggested something, so please take the floor.
1: Sure. Well... As I mentioned, Freddie is a realignment expert. Uh, he comes up with a lot of uh, really good ideas for realignment for, you know, any of the pro leagues, really. And um, he's come to us today with a hypothetical scenario where the NFL would expand to 40 teams. Uh, I know this has been posited a couple of times on YouTube, but, um, there was one guy, five points vids who made a back to back, uh, set of videos where he said, there's no way it could happen. And he then debated himself basically and released another video the same day saying, here's why it could happen. Um, so it'll be interesting to see another take on that. So, uh, I sent over your realignment teams and realignment conferences uh, over to Francisco, who will hopefully put them on screen. Nice, nice. Um, so. He's
2: always very kind to do.
1: So with that, uh, take it away. Here we go.
2: All right, so what you should be seeing now is the NFL XL. I like to call it because it's you know, extra large, but also because that's the Roman numeral for forty. Oh, nice. ah,
0: that's, that's a good one. I like that.
2: Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've got the thirty-two teams that there already are, plus we've got eight new teams. All right. And it's pretty west-heavy uh, re- uh, expansion. We've got
0: uh, five teams that are west of the Mississippi and one that's on it with St. Louis. So, uh, All right, so let's see. We've got a couple teams. We've got Arizona, L.A. Okay, so this would be the, I guess, NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals, L.A. Rams, San Francisco 49, the Seattle Seahawks, and the added team in Portland. So a Portland team. And then Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and Orlando would be the uh, NFC South. Then the NFC North would be the Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, and adding the St. Louis Archers. Then the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Redskins, and a team in Virginia called the Voyagers. So that's the NFC, AFC West, Denver Broncos, Las Vegas Raiders, got to get used to saying that, Salt Lake Stingers, San Diego Destroyers, and Sacramento Bobcats. Then we've got the Houston Texans, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Cleveland Browns, Indianapolis Colts, and Pittsburgh Steelers for the – oh, wait, I skipped one. I skipped one. Whoops. Uh, Sorry, Houston Texans, Kansas City Chiefs, Oklahoma Mustangs, San Antonio Chargers, and Tennessee Titans, I guess, would be the South, the AFC South. And then the North would be Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh. So you'd be moving the Colts to the North. And then finally, the Bills, Jaguars, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets in the East. All right. So then we think?
1: Well, well, I guess um well, I guess what um I don't know, inspired <laughs> what um what made you think of like for example uh Salt Lake City, uh San Antonio. Um I mean, I think it's obvious that uh St. Louis would come back because they had a they have a pretty good fan base. Um It's interesting you call them the Chargers. (laughs) Uh, No, they're the Archers. San Antonio? Oh, that might be a typo. I moved the LA Chargers to San Antonio. Oh, interesting. That was uh, also a a stipulation of this thing. Yeah, because I don't think LA could support two teams right now, so I definitely agree with that. Um. I see uh, San Diego Destroyers. I think that was the name of their AAF team, right? That was the fleet, so it was pretty oh. close. It was the same team. Okay. Uh, naval battleship kind of thing. Um, we go through who else? Uh, Portland Paladins. I'm guessing that's for the alliteration. A little bit. Um, I, I noticed.
2: project kind of started out was uh, i was working on like expanding the alliance of american football as you mentioned and then also the new xfl and this kind of grew out of that as a well what if we did this with the nfl or what if we did it with major league baseball even
1: right Mm do you think that that uh the other pro leagues could expand to can we suggest just Charles, can we just subtract the Cleveland Browns? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, So do you think the other pro leagues could expand potentially to 40 teams, or do you think the NFL is the only one that could support that? I mean, I think even if the NFL could support it, it, it's something that you'd have to do in stages, you know? Right. Right.
2: Like you couldn't go straight from thirty-two to forty; you'd have to at least have one uh, step
1: in between, with some teams being added and some still kind of uh, waiting in the wings. Right. Because yeah. one of the things is there's that uh,
2: some of these teams have stadiums in there in those uh, metro metro areas.
1: Right. That could accommodate an NFL team. You know, they're the NFL. They're the. They're bigger than the current Houston Stadium. I'll say that. Right. Which is a soldier field in Chicago. That's the smallest one right now?
2: Yeah, it's the smallest at 61,500.
1: Wow. Did not know that. I forget that they lopped off so much of their capacity thanks to those ridiculous uh, uh, renovations. Putting a years. spaceship on top of it, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, let me see else. Um
0: so, I mean, Portland has always been a city team. People have floated for having several different teams from every sports league have a team. I guess the natural rivalry with Seattle would be there. So I could see that. Um, Oregon football is super popular. So they could uh, – Nike would probably love it, having a team in Oregon. And they'd probably go, go ham with their uniforms. <laughs> and they, yeah, be, yeah, that'd be their team, so.
2: Probably push for that uh, rule in the NFL for the only one shell, one helmet shell per
0: year. I'm surprised, yeah, I bet the NFL would probably lean if that happened.
1: Well, supposedly money. Bruce Arians spilled the beans um, like a week or so ago and said that they're going to be getting rid of that one shell rule in the next year or so. Okay.
2: Yeah, I remember that because uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wanted to bring back the creamsicles,
1: right? And you can't really do that with uh, combining the uniform with the standard helmet. Actually, you know, if you if you can stay on, we'll get your take on the the uniform changes as well for them, as well as uh, the Colts, who didn't change sure, their sure. uniform but uh, their logo set a bit um let's see st louis archers
0: so andrew how how do you feel because do you because he added orlando and (laughs) that'd be funny if the nfl just suddenly failed if an orlando team was added because every (laughs) every professional league that has an orlando team just falls apart afterwards but i mean i don't think the nfl would add a fourth team to the state of florida
2: yeah, that's kind of a stretch, and I mean, maybe you could—I uh, don't
0: know eat Jacksonville from where they are. I mean, they move to London most likely if that would—that uh, I mean—that would probably be the team. If if they moved to London, it would still fit within the it, the AFC East because they'd be close to those those uh, northeastern teams. So I could I could see that, but and but I don't know if Tampa Bay. Because these teams have territorial rights I don't think they would want a team So close to them Especially in Orlando I think Jacksonville is far enough away Especially being on the line between Florida and Georgia That it was okay for the Buccaneers To have the Jaguars I, I don't know But I don't see Orlando being A city that could uh, that, the, that Tampa Bay Buccaneers Would allow to, to
3: exist It's it's
2: definitely an interesting argument. Is you know where do you
1: start with this? uh, And I I guess it kind of depends on uh, who the ownership groups
0: that they select are. You know, because teams. uh, (laughs) Yeah, if it's Walt Disney World, you know, then yeah, they probably allow that to happen. Like just like with the Anaheim Ducks or whatever. Yeah.
1: Uh, Bigger question, says Charles. Does the NFL thrive with an international team? I, I think so.
0: One of the things I talked about before, um, an international team, I guess, given the way the NFL is structured, I think it could work. Uh, I, like I don't see it as an NFL Europe thing. I think it would just be like the London team would be Europe's team and they would attract so many people to that one team to support them. So I think the support is would be there for a European London team and the schedule the scheduling is the thing that kind of people are worried about the traveling. But I kind of made I made the example of the Alaska Aces who used to be an ECHL team up in I think they played in Anchorage or Juno, In Anchorage Alaska and their schedule was basically half of their season was at home, so everybody had to go visit them. And then the next half, they were completely on the road and they had to visit everybody else. That's how they structure for the ECHL. And I would assume they do that for a London team in somewhere, maybe like a quarter of the season, they're always on the road. Another quarter, they're, 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 they're at home just to make it easier for that team and for everybody else to travel to them, especially like a a West coast team having to travel to them. So that's how I would see it being structured for, for a London team. And I think they would be successful in the NFL.
1: I mean, I would counter that argument. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and say this, if you look at, so the NFL is a multi billion dollar entity and you know, even the, and I know their money pool is, is, is somewhat, each team has their own money pool, basically. So you have the haves and the have-nots, um, but even the poorest NFL team, quote-unquote, is still a multi-million dollar organization. The University of Hawaii's football team, hell, their whole, their entire athletics department, plays on the continental United States, and they're still able to afford it. That is a public university, which uh, let me look at their endowment. Their endowment is. $326.9 million U.S. dollars. So, they are somehow able to pay for however many varsity teams because they're part of the Mountain West Conference in football only, mm-hmm. and they're part of the WAC Conference. Um, other, and, they're Big West now. Oh, they're Big West now? Yeah. Uh, but even still... All of their other teams have to play... All of their teams play in the continental United States. So, them doing that, coupled with these guys having school schedules and things like that, if Hawaii is able to make transcontin If Hawaii is able to make that work, surely an NFL team could. And... You know, there was an interesting video from a YouTube channel called Wendover Productions that I love to watch um, that actually talked about this exactly, which is could the NFL sustain uh, a team in England? And the argument he made was that exact one about University of Hawaii. So I don't think there's any real reason the NFL couldn't go to England um, just because, like I said, Hawaii So the NFL doesn't have an excuse if they decide they want to go through with it. That being said, I think the NFL, or England for that matter, they kind of have the best of both worlds right now because right now they're getting the equivalent of a home schedule with eight games each season. And, you know, they have a different flavor each week, as it were. Yeah, they don't have to be
2: stuck with one.
1: That might not be all that great. Exactly. Um, You know, their only home team, quote unquote, is Jacksonville, who plays one game there each season. Um, So they do have a team to rally around. um, And I hear they have a pretty decent fan base over in England. But, you know. (laughs) Those poor souls. (laughs) Um, So I they could do it if they wanted to but I don't think they will
0: okay so let's let's go to so that's we talked about that okay a team in St. Louis that would be natural St. Louis what, what happened green and orange St. Louis
2: uh, sort of University of
0: Miami colors <laughs> I don't know (laughs) well let's see historically what what have St. Louis teams worn in the past I mean they've they had the Cardinals before that they have the St. Louis Cardinals now they wear red primarily the Blues wear blue so I guess green to have another one of those uh, colors uh, green blue and and red maybe get a basketball team they can wear yellow and you have all those colors I have no idea (laughs) yeah
2: originally Start this project I had them basically being the replacement rams and I went with the uh, royal blue and the yellow gold but then the actual Los Angeles rams went and switched back to that uh, traditional color scheme and so I was like okay well I gotta get away from that and so at first I went to uh, red and silver okay. and then I, I was like mm, that, that's a little too obviously uh just being the opposite of the Los Angeles Rams. And so then I was like, okay, well, what about uh, this green and orange that I've done in a couple other places?
0: Okay. I, it works. It works, and it works. Their, their division works, too, because those are all natural rivalries that that city has with teams in other sports. So it yeah. works perfectly to have them there.
1: Now, over to Virginia. There's a
3: bigger reason. Go ahead, Charles. Oh, no. Sorry. I was just going to comment. There's a bigger reason why it works, Freddie, is because if anybody has seen the Disney Robin Hood, he's green and orange, so we're doing archers. You just put him as a mascot. It's perfect. Disney (laughs) might sue, but I just want to put that comment in there because I I was looking at it and just, you know, I was trying not to crack up as I'm thinking of it because I'm stupid, so that's just where my brain takes me. So the idea of you could have the first real NFL mascot that actually matters. Hot take right there, but you could just have Dizzy's Robin Hood and no one would know. Go over to Virginia. That works too. Yeah, Virginia. Um,
1: inspiration behind the name. Um,
2: it alliterates like, like Portland, but um I don't know, I kind of was thinking like this kind of like
0: uh Maybe colonial colonial kind of age of exploration yeah yeah virginia was like the i guess the 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 main colony back in the 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 olden times so i could see that the virginia voyagers, come on charles (laughs) um so voyagers they have their the naval bases there too uh their the norfolk admirals are a um American Hockey League team there. It's been there a while, so that's that's, and and Northern Virginia was one of the cities that was, or one of the areas that was vying for the Montreal Expos, uh, when Major League Baseball is shopping them around, and then ultimately ended up in DC. So uh, there's the population is there, that there's that area could easily support a, a Major League sports team.
1: Now, let's see, for Sacramento, that's an interesting choice because Sacramento is a relatively small city. Um, You know, they've got the kings. Let me see their population. Sacramento's
0: got the spurs. Oh, no, no, Sacramento, uh, yeah, they got the Sacramento kings. I mean, they are... um, I'm surprised you haven't suggested the Inland Empire because... Um, there's always been many arguments that that area could support a major league sports team or all four of the sports, really. It's just The Inland Empire is that area east of Los Angeles which has this massive amount of people there. Although the LA teams claim that area, I'm sure they wouldn't want to let it go, but there is enough room for two teams to be there uh, or for, for two uh, for LA to have their stuff and then uh, the Inland Empire to have their own thing so that that could be a, a place too for for a western team and sure they'd be supported like crazy and have to go nobody has to go all the way to Los Angeles to see their teams um, there's various minor league teams there in that area um, the, the Ontario Rain uh, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes a bunch of Uh, minor league um i think i think there's a team called the inland empire 66ers as well so there's there's plenty of of already a history of them having sports teams there but just they've never gotten a major league sports team even though they do have the population to support it
2: yeah Uh, the, the thing i was doing was i was going by um I was using the combined statistical area numbers from the Census Bureau. And uh, according to them, Sacramento has a a population of 2.6 million in their metro
1: area. Uh Oh, I'm I'm actually surprised. Which is bigger
2: than uh, San Antonio.
1: So that's, well, I mean, yeah,
0: all of, I mean, California is the biggest state. They've they've got so many people that uh, they do have, enough to support several other teams if they wanted to
2: it's like eight times bigger than green Bay.
0: yeah yeah and green bay is the smallest out of all the major league sports teams to smallest area even smaller than winnipeg so i just felt like dunking on them that's all <laughs> <laughs> um all right so we've got uh, let's see so virginia so let's go to so we got vegas sacramento Salt Lake City, so a Utah team, San Diego. Of course, uh they probably would take a team back. Begrudgingly so. They probably like, well screw you, NFL. F you Spanos. Um uh, but they'll take their team back. Uh Oklahoma getting a team. Nat- I'm guessing that's an OKC. Uh yeah. I was thinking uh they could maybe use uh
2: university of oklahoma's uh stadium for maybe a couple years before they get their a stadium of their own
1: interesting okay it's
2: definitely big enough um and it's it's like 20 miles south of the city i think so uh
1: but i've heard there's a lot of space where they could get a stadium of their own it's oklahoma
0: (laughs) it's all space (laughs) um and uh, yes, they s- hire Bob Stoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, San Antonio getting a team now. They've been kind of the the place that the NFL temporarily puts team. I mean, they had their their shot with um, the Saints. the Saints after Katrina. So they've they've already had a bit of an audition, and they that would have a natural good. rivalry. Yes. Yeah, and they have natural rivalries with the like the Houston Texans right there. So, and they, they can, of yep. course, they have the, the odd matchup against the Cowboys, which would be huge too. Uh, and then the Titans. Part of
2: the, part of the reason why I moved the Chargers to San Antonio also is to, uh because there's three teams in the West in
0: the AFC, I decided that uh Kansas City kind of needed a realignment, buddy. Oh, that works. Yeah.
2: The Chiefs-Chargers rivalry is kind of... uh not just maintained, but it's also stoked a little bit by putting them closer together. Mm hmm.
0: Okay. And then we've got, let's see, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh. But this time you've moved Indianapolis with those other North teams, which makes sense because the Colts, well, Indianapolis is furthest, is, is definitely not south of anything. So uh, they've been paired up with Tennessee and Jacksonville and all those other teams for a while now, but uh, they're definitely the most northern of those teams. Um, and then you've moved Jacksonville over to the AFC East, which would give them a rivalry with the Dolphins. Yeah. So they'd have a second Florida team there. All right. So And then, uh, let's see. And you sent me this other list here of Birmingham, Columbus, Orlando. This is a different list.
2: And I mentioned uh, in PMs that uh, I had thirty-six team and forty-two team versions of the same thing, but that the forty-team version is my favorite.
1: Okay, I mean it's pretty well balanced. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised you had, you haven't suggested a
0: Canadian team. Just have know, a team in Toronto. Uh,
2: what I what I wanted to do was I wanted to uh, first I wanted to keep it just in the U.S. mostly because of uh, logistical things and you know you guys mentioned some stuff that I had not really thought of with how they could make uh, London work. But then I also decided to, uh, not do Canada because the CFL. I like the
0: CFL. I am a CFL fan. I mean that would kill the Argonauts immediately, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Unless the Argonauts would would be like sort of like transferring their franchise to the NFL and, and all their logos and all that stuff would be property of the NFL. But the other um, thing is, Do 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 you know how big the Toronto Argonauts stadium is? Oh, no, that's right. They moved out of the Rogers Center and now play at the MLS stadium, so the NFL would probably put a mandate, you need an NFL-sized stadium, at least 60K, in order to be in our league, so they would...
2: The, the biggest two stadiums in the CFL don't see 60,000.
0: So that would be what the... The BC Place and uh, BC and Edmonton. okay, Edmonton. Okay, that's true. The CFL stadiums aren't that huge. I mean, they're huge in terms of size, but like like actual square footage and stuff or square meters in Canada. So, but they're they're not that huge, given the the heritage classics that they've played there. So, yeah, the NFL would. That would that would be demanding. I don't think Toronto would be behind funding a new stadium for an a NFL team, which uh, would only play eight games per year at the very least. Um, yeah, that that'd be an issue, especially when they have a perfectly good Rogers Center. But the Blue Jays aren't aren't going to let football back into their building either. Okay. And there's no other city in the NFL that would, or in in Canada that has the size of the Toronto area. All right. Okay. So that's our. So that that's the suggestion there. Um. So. What, you think, uh, what would you? Uh, I guess my question is, uh, what uh, metro areas other than? I guess you've already talked about the Inland Empire a little bit, but what else would you uh, consider? Mm. Well, other than Inland Empire in London, um, Toronto, you kind of helped me talk myself out of that idea. Um, there's, it's really hard now. The NFL is pretty much in every gigantic area that they could be in at this point. It's not like. Like the NBA kind of goes to all these kind of smaller niche areas, like Utah and and Oklahoma City, but the NFL and baseball haven't been in those places. So, so these kind of already the suggestions you already have here kind of already tick the marks for pretty much everything. Um, Birmingham, I see here. So I, what, um yeah,
2: that, on that list of ten, I put in yeah.
0: Birmingham, Columbus. So those are kind of
2: kind of like my honorable mentions.
0: But Columbus, Ohio tonight, I don't know teams. if the Bengals or the Browns would allow t- to have a a third team in Ohio. I mean I mean Columbus would right. be perfectly in the middle.
2: Is more so the, Ohio is even more so the situation that you mentioned in Florida, which, you know, is kind of a it's it's it's, it's a borderline case of do you allow the expansion there or not? I think Ohio is a more clear example of where the population isn't enough to
0: support that many teams. Right. Right. Yeah, cuz everywhere else would seem to be uh, like it wouldn't be enough to support those teams. Uh, you've and you, like you've got the the NBA has had stops in like Omaha, Nebraska and that hasn't worked out for them. So I can't see I mean they have enough trouble having a good college football team. So I don't know how they would support an NFL team, especially if they were bad. So that that would be that would fail instantly. Too. Um, yeah. Hmm. I, I can't really argue against all of these. Suggestion. Ooh,
3: okay. It's not so much against Freddie. I think Freddie's list is kind of comprehensive, but I only think of what the Carolina Panthers did because it's Carolina. So the idea is that for a fan base of two states, it's North and south so the only place i can think of would be the dakotas north and south dakota you put near the border i know the population is very limited the only great thing i know about north dakota is the bison i think is the team name that wins the lower end of the college football it's not division two or three anymore yeah, but yeah, north dakota, like dakota State the
2: division one fcs championship a lot
3: yeah, they, they've been, what, six out of the last seven years or something of that nature. It's where Carson Wentz came okay, from. It's like that. Yeah, because the only other thing I could think of would be like Virginia and West Virginia. And um, I don't even know if that's... We, we even want to touch that. But if you're trying to get a two-tier state, you kind of put it near the line of whatever state's going to fund it more, and you might be able to bring people there. That's the only one I could think of. Um, everything else kind of hits the points. I don't know if they want another Ohio team for a very valid reason. The Ohio teams have kind of sucked in the NFL a lot. And but take into logistic logistics a couple years ago, the Browns 1 and 15, 0 and 16. The Bengals just finished going 2 and 14, getting number one pick. They still might be bad even with Joe Burrow and everybody else. How much funding you kind of want to put out there? I don't know enough about Pennsylvania, really, because you have the Philly and then you have Pittsburgh. So it's like, all right, you're kind of good there. New York doesn't need another team. You already got three Floridas, three Californias, too many. You know, Texas would just become unbearable with the possibility of an all-Texas Super Bowl. Um, I, I, I like the idea of it in Portland just because you look at how the NBA has treated the trail, uh, trailblazers Throughout the years, they've kept it consistent. Ownership has been fine. The idea, even though it's small, with a knife kind of funders, because all you need is a billionaire who's willing to spend money. Let's be honest here. You know, you get the billionaire who's willing to spend money or that ownership group who spends money, and you get a lot of like passes on taxes, it's going to happen, right? Um, I'm just going through my head because we could just get rid of the Cleveland Browns and just rebrand them, and I'm a happy Charles, but that doesn't happen they're just so bad i mean maryland yeah even though because well, baltimore washington there. redskins well washington redskins is like the capital team so technically baltimore is just what the annapolis is in maryland right you could do something with that um or we could just go all in just put hawaii and just for the fun of it why not you're already doing the pro bowl or you used to do the pro bowl but uh, wow, Lohat Stadium's falling the Mon-
0: apart, so they can't really do it in that.
3: They'd have to build a new stadium. So let's all agree on one team. Maryland, okay. Montana Mules, you, and that would be your specialty drink. That's the name of the team. But um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head um, with a lot of your choices that you had. Nice. Okay. All right.
0: Um, I've so I mean I've thought of. The only like, expansion scenarios I've really thought about, not in NFL, was just for baseball, just what two cities would be the next two to have a 32-team league because I think that's where the NBA and baseball are going to go soon enough, not that the NHL is getting their 32nd team. So I mean, I'm thinking Montreal because they've earned it. They've shown they've got the support with the Blue Jays' spring training games there. Uh, they, the the support is already there from the expos. I'm sure they're gonna do a Cleveland Browns thing and just uh, rebrand the expansion team as the expos of old. And then, you know, hopefully they won't be as awful as the Browns have been since they've kind of been reestablished. And this, it's hard for me to think of. I mean, Portland has always been because that that would be a natural rivalry with it, with the Seattle team. Um. Uh-huh. Vancouver, because it would be another Canadian team, so let's just add a third Canadian team and another natural rival for Seattle anyways. Um, and, uh, and, and, and of course, there's like the third Texas team thing, but I don't know if San Antonio would be big enough to support a baseball team, to be honest. Uh, so I've, I've only really thought of the West, I think there's enough teams out east East of the Mississippi That I think any, any expansion would be Towards the west much like What the NHL just did with Seattle And Vegas So, And, and I think the NBA will probably Just have Seattle And, and maybe even Vegas too at this point They might as well um, And add a, another western team there And, and uh, realign After that have six and move move one of those West teams out, East or something, um, like like Memphis or something, but all right, um, so the Buccaneers just changed their uniforms, oh,
1: yeah. and let's see if we can find it here first. If it'll pop up, I'm so opinion. happy that they changed it.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's it's a slam dunk of a
1: of a uniform change. I'll t- I'll tell you that much. You know, we were talking about it, Francisco. That you know, I I saw um, Chris Creamer's the uh, what you call it the concept art that he saw or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or maybe that was Paul Lucas. I don't remember. But, um, you know, I said I was disappointed that they didn't have any orange in it. Well, they ended up having orange in it.
0: Right. I can't seem to bring up on the screen here for some reason. It's not popping up. Give me a second, but keep talking. Well, we can describe it to you. I'll tell you that much. It's basically, hey, remember when the Buccaneers were good and they won a Super Bowl?
1: Let's do that again. I mean, I think... I think they could have used a bit more orange. Um you know, they I don't think they have it on the numbers, right?
0: Uh well, let's see. Let's let's have it pop up here. Real fast.
1: Like oh, come on, I had it for a second. Let's see, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah.
0: having trouble with the browser function on this so uh, let's see if it'll hang on for me all right so sports logos but it was it was a long time coming i think most teams because remember when nike came in as the official uniform provider for the NFL. They kind of went a little crazy with a lot of the, the NFL team's looks. Um, I guess one of the more, most egregious of them were was we had the Buccaneers and the Cleveland Browns. The change to the Cleveland Browns. They, they've ruined both of those teams' uh, looks, if you will. Uh, the Browns... It doesn't help that the Browns have remained awful. So now not only have you gotten rid of probably the only good thing that you had going for you was your uniforms. Now you guys look like crap and play like crap. So that's what and the Buccaneers were kind of the same thing. I mean, it was an awful uniform and they played awfully as well. Awful to mediocre, you know, 30 for 30, 30, inter, 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns. Right. That's basically the Buccaneers. And
1: that's been that's that's the way they've been for years now. So I so I looked at the uh, uniforms again, so they do have the orange outline on the um, on the numbers as well, and then also on the pants stripes. So I think like I really couldn't have asked for any more than that. They right. they do a really good job with it. Maybe they could have put some orange into the logo. Um as an accent color but like i can't think of much more they could have done i mean it's just such a clean look it's infinitely better than like what they just had um i really like it it's a great look
0: the one change i would have made was to make the logo the helmet logo smaller like it used to be Mm. just not to not have that big giant in your face logo but even then it doesn't it's not ruined, or it doesn't ruin the rest of the look. It's, it still matches. I just kind of, for consistency's sake with the old look, uh, or this modern take on their old look, uh, just to have the smaller logos. And you can see the entire, like, uh, sword and, and flag uh, logo there. So that's, that's probably the only change I would have made. Did you guys see that Tom Brady has, has registered two trademarks?
1: Yep, Uh, Tampa Bay and Tom, or was Tampa Brady? Tampa Brady.
0: Oh, how... Tampa Bay, I mean, come on now.
3: Well, well, someone's going to make it, so why as well have him do it, right? I can't blame him. I, I can't blame him, but it sounds so awful. The only thing I think is kind of a little... B word about him is the fact that he, you know, he had a pressure Chris Godwin to switch in the numbers. Like, I get that you're TB12, but come on, you could be more than that. It's okay. But in the NFL, I think they they don't really like switching the numbers. NBA, it's a different story. And MOB, you know, at the end of the day, it's whatever. But but I kind of want to see him being like TB11, the diet version, just to mess with people, Mm -hmm. you know, or something of that nature. But or Chris Godwin he actually played better than his position would have given him on that crappy team and even though Brady's in there he had to relinquish it I hope he at least paid him money or something I don't know but that's just me and the pettiness of loving numbers so this is a good question since we have Freddie and uh I just want to ask it because it's gonna be fun we're talking about favors do numbers actually matter like this is my varsity number or this is my number that I want to do because we have the Brady debacle and i'm not saying it's a debacle but i'm just calling debacle for him you know needing number 12 and then you had todd Gurley having to get Deion sanders's number from what three to 21 and then the joke is that Deion sanders didn't consent to it. and deon's like "Nah, nah, man i was just joking he's like nah but for you as a fan or just your opinion as an analyst do you care or even if you were in the position does having a number in a professional sport really define you or is it just you know fluff it's something that we've kind of fluffed up into something that matters. I don't think it really matters, although, you know, uh, I'm a human being and I
1: have numbers that I like and numbers that I don't like or numbers that I like more than others. So, it's understandable. I mean, I I can also see guys, you know, having some sort of attachment to a number. You know, I think all of us have Uh, a favorite number, and, you know, if it's something that you've used your whole life, um, you know, it might feel a bit odd to all of a sudden not have that number anymore. So I can see why some guys might be maybe not concerned, but, you know, feel weird about not having a number and can can be wanting to get it back. But at the same time, I do think
0: that it's kind of fluffed up a bit. Well, I mean, the original use of numbers, as far as I remember, the Yankees only used it to denote one through nine in their lineup. So that's what it used to be about. And then suddenly when they started retiring them, then it became something about your legacy and that stuff. So, yeah, Tom Brady's looking at, look, I'm number 12. I've always been number 12. I'll be number 12. Uh, the first day I've been in the NFL to the last day I'm in the NFL and not to have something weird or different for... I mean, it's kind of like the Michael Jordan 45 jersey. Like, he... Uh, like it's There was like the saying that the players didn't really fear him when he came back as number 45 and then he's I think he switched to number 23 in the middle of a, of a playoff series and suddenly it made... It made more sense for, for... It kind of brought back that fear in other players. Oh, that's that's Michael Jordan. He's back. So numbers psychologically now, especially for great players, do matter. Um, and Sometimes they, they signify something. Sidney Crosby has 8-7 because he was born on born on August 7th, 1987. So it made sense that he has number 87 for him. So then it becomes part of that. And then, you know... Then it's uh, about whatever your your dad or your mom's favorite number was. Alex Ovechkin wears number eight because his mom wore that when she was on the uh, Russian Olympic basketball team, so that's why he wears number eight. And so I think now numbers do matter. I I think they matter. Uh, some like as a Marlins fan, like it's it's kind of hard not having any. Thing to aspire to for any of those other players cuz <laughs> all the great players just leave so we don't have any of those magnif- magnificent numbers that like teams like the Yankees do like there's a certain like aura to for a fan base for players for everybody to see oh look number 1 number 2 number 3 number 4 number 5 all those are like retired like basically all consecutive numbers for the Yankees and yet you know the Marlins have zilch uh, that's why Pat Riley retires numbers, even for players that they've they've kind of left on bad notes. Uh Shaquille O'Neal's 32 is retired for the Heat, even though he left on a bad note and he was only there Um basically like two and a half seasons. Really, or three and a half seasons. That was it. That was that was all for Shaquille O'Neal. But the Heat retired them because uh, one, it shows to other players, especially in the future, for like free agency and such. Look, uh, you do some great stuff here; we'll remember you forever, uh, or at least until the sun burns up the earth. And then, you know, uh, and that's that's something that will carry on because that that means that at some point they're going to retire LeBron James' number. So it it means something. Um, the 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 Timberwolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they have. The Kevin Garnett and the owner have beef with each other, so number twenty-one might not go up for the Timberwolves, which is insane to think about. That your greatest player ever is not going to have his number retired, and so it, it it kind of it might be a thing that that forces ownership to not be to not be stupid and not allow something like that to happen. So numbers do matter now, yeah, as much as it's probably a thing in all of our imaginations. It's a, it's part of the sports sports um, traditions now, so now it does matter. So I can see why Tom Brady would want number twelve after all this, and I think he's earned it at this point.
1: All right. Uh, and then, we, do we want to quickly go over the Colts, or do we want to move on? Well, I
0: mean, the Colts. I mean, they didn't make. Uh, they changed their their. Um, their word mark logo, which is I, the the C logo, is pretty cool. The one that they did for the letter C, basically, it's, that was a, really cool. it's a C, and then in the middle of like the empty space, instead of just like a regular C, it's the outline of the state of Indiana. That's really cool. I like seeing stuff like that. Um, it's kind of like the the Carolina Hurricanes and their their hurricane flag logo has the outline of the state of North Carolina in it. That's pretty cool. Um, so it's always cool to see like nods to to the state or to the local area inside of of, of uniforms or in logos. Um, I don't know. Is there anything that jumps out at you for the Colts? They're,
1: they're still blue and white. I mean, that was it. I, I like like you mentioned uh, that C. I really enjoyed. Okay. Um,
0: hmm. What
1: else is there? Do I
0: have, like, a minor league team I can just talk about for no no reason whatsoever? Uh, Let's see. If I can find it. Anybody else, any suggestions as to a segment? There's no Fulmer Cup because nobody's getting in trouble, which
3: is unfortunate. Well, Well, fortunate and unfortunate at the the same time. What is it? I can attack on the NFL a little bit because I I guess this is going to be just contrarian corner, which is great because it's kind of refreshing to hear from Freddie who does a lot and really contributes when it's NFL season. So this allows me to do an opportunity kind of talk to him and you guys too. Mm -hmm. Is it me or why do I sucker myself in to reading draft predictions from either – Matt Rank over at NFL.com or Mel Kuyper, any kind of draft predictions. Because it, it these are people who are getting paid to be kind of like 60% correct. Because a lot of the top fives are the sure things. And I'm looking at today because it's so much now. And this is what's proliferating ESPN. Freddie, I don't know how you're watching ESPN. I, I kind of refuse to because it's kind of like, you know, two old guys in their 40s who both got out of jail drinking 40s in the background saying, hey, remember that time we did this? Yeah, I did this. Because now we're like, oh, NFL season. Who's going to pick Joe Burrow? Let's do Chase Young. Let's do this. And then here I am on my lunch break or whatever. I'm reading Mel you know, Kuyper's draft predictions. I'm reading this person's draft predictions, even though it's been the same of Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Becton doing this and this and this, Jeff Okuda, Tristan Worfs. So for each of us, you know, do you find an appeal in any kind of sport, but we'll go to NFL because the draft is nine days away, do you find an appeal to reading draft predictions? And then do you even think it's really necessary? Are we just jealous of these men and women who are actually getting paid just to kind of BS? And I know I'm a lawyer, so I get paid to BS, but at least I have actually a real consequence to what I do. Like, you know, I might be BS because I'm advocating for somebody. Mel Kuyper, he's always going to kind of roasted when he's wrong about picks. And then guys, he's like, I mean, we always think about a couple of years ago, when it was what they drafted Marshall Falk when the Colts did it and he just crapped on it because they didn't, they picked him instead of a quarterback that didn't do much. Uh, I think that was the years when they had, uh, uh, you know, forgive me because it's been so long, but one of the Harbaugh's as a quarterback and then they didn't get this guy. And you know, the only thing that Mel Kuyper's known for aside from just pick, making the easy pick. And I think it's all unanimous that Joe Burrow is the predicted pick, whether or not he's pit, uh, picked in Cincinnati is irrelevant to me in this argument, but here's Mel Kuyper say, Oh, you have to buy my ESPN plus subscription to see my rankings. I'm like, I'm almost going to, cause I'm bored, but I'm not going to. So he's known for that. And then his weird hair, because he literally <laughs> looks like a walking, like villain in a sub genre fantasy, like oh, Harry some Potter, sort of weird bird, more kid versions. He, he's basically Mr. Burns. When you think about it, you know, if you've seen the episode of the Simpsons where he's Dracula, and if you haven't, everybody listening out, go see it. And then you'll see Mr. Burns in his old Dracula suit. And then Mel, Kuiper and then you're like yeah I see it so that's my question to you guys on the floor very long-winded
2: no no problem Um, I'll I'll start it off by saying I think uh, when when you when you predict stuff like that and when you predict stuff like you know how games are gonna go like I do with Fred Rank um, it's great to be right but it's also fun when you're wrong because you learn something something that you weren't expecting to be the case uh you learned that uh you know a team can rise to the situation or that someone was maybe wasn't as good as you thought they were or that uh certain
3: matchups aren't uh what you were expecting okay but do you feel let me ask you this so for you it's because you do it for fun not for profit but do you feel i mean maybe you're getting money on the side we certainly don't pay you for contributing with Fred Ranks. So we could, we wish we could, but we're poor, but you're coming into, I think part of it is there's a lot of oversaturation just on the ESPN side. It's Kuiper And then it's um, the other guy whose name I forget, but then you get into, um, then you get into the analysts and they're doing their own predictions. And then you get to NFL.com and then you get bleacher report. And, it's not it's not a science, I would feel, for a lot of the top fives. I would like to see people actually hit on the trades that are made in the first couple rounds. There's only one person on NFL.com, and I, I really wish I remember his name, but I didn't plan this out, who actually predicts more than the first round. He goes the first four rounds, which are probably the most relevant to where you're going to get some real blue-collar talent and then real talent as well. But... So let me ask you this, and I I know it's kind of a a loaded question because if you're getting paid for this, whether you're right or you're wrong, are you necessarily bringing anything to the table, or are you just now at Mr. Popularity? And the reason why we come to you and appeal to you is because we just like you now. We like the Freddy persona. We like the Mel Kiper persona look like Mr. Burns with his uh, weird hairdo. Because I feel that a lot of it is just popularity now. I know Mel Kiper's name, but I forget the other guy's name on ESPN who is actually more right half the time in the last couple of years than Mel. thank you big shay
0: i think it's a little well at this point i think it's personality because it's the reason why i stopped watching espn is because now they focus more on the personalities than they do on actual analysis um and i guess it it all starts with (laughs) i mean the whole first take thing stephen a smith and skip bayless that's when suddenly like and you know when like the great guys got off of the like being anchors on sports center and stuff uh, you know all the all the oldies basically you know Stuart Scott you know rest in peace John Saunders rest in peace as well uh I mean Rich Eisen is off doing his own thing when he's got a pretty uh, cool podcast/radio slash radio show he does that I listen to um, Scott Van Pelt has his own show now so he's not uh you know those guys but those guys are more about like uh, yes they'll give you your opinions but they're they, they at the same time they're not a, they're not personalities in like the in your face type of way which i think on the big stuff ESPN has done SportsCenter center and NFL live and things like that that's what they're looking for more than anything else at for ratings and stuff to to feed off to the all the freaking normies and 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 sheep out there that wa- that like to consume that type of, type of garbage and yeah you know all the plebes, as i call them um, you know, the people that are like, okay, fine, I'll buy a Switch and I'll play Animal Crossing. Yes, but but do you ever play Pikmin? Have you ever played the classic Pikmin 2? Like, no, you, you know, c- come down to me on that deep level. And then I'll start listening to your gaming opinions. That's the same thing for me in sports. Like, I don't care about the personalities and Mel Kuyper's weird nose and his creaky hair that Charles has mentioned. Like, I don't care about Stephen A. Smith screaming about how much the Knicks freaking suck because he's a Knicks fan, he's suffering. Whatever, man, you're a Knicks fan. You know what you were getting into. Um, like, I don't care about that anymore. I used to care about what they, you know, I, I, it's not a whole stick to sports thing, but it's like, give me that. Give me the news. Give me the highlights like, like they used to be. And I don't care about that. And I care about analysis too. It's that's why I listen to sports radio more when they talk to beat writers and things like that. Because those guys are there all the time with the teams that they're with. They they're more uh, they're not subject to I mean some of them have personalities, but they're like but they're not up there, so they're not subject to it all going to their heads. So um, I I forgot what the heck my point was at the end of all this at this point, but I I I think now it's still more it's more about
3: personalities than anything else. Who cares if you're wrong?
0: ESPN doesn't well, care.
3: Let me let me tell you what the payoff to this is, and you know I'll leave it at this as my final remark because we talked about what's the whole point of listening to all these people. But who was hired as the Raiders general manager not two years ago? Mike Mayock and Mike Mayock was known for being the draft guy on NFL.com. He didn't do like the Gil Brandt thing or Matt rank, where they just said, Hey, um, or is it Adam, Rank? Regardless, or they just kind of get rid of everything or they just list out year by year. Mayock would do a mock draft once a year, right before the big one. And then he was known for it. And then now he has a position. So, you know, and mind you, I think you would be in dire straits if you hired a lot of the professional draft guys to be your GMs, but there was a weird corollary, a weird benefit, you know, because here I am, we're talking about the appeal. Well, there's appeal Mm -hmm. to norms, but now there is an appeal to a professional standpoint, a level because there was nothing that Mayock, Mayock did not have the resume of being a GM. He was not like a Mike Tannenbaum who was supposed to be a salary cap negotiator getting multiple chances. It was a one shot kind of deal made the trades and then drafted certain people. And he might have drafted well last year. They won 7-9. He might draft again this year. Uh, draft well, at least to say this year. But that's, that's the other thing that kind of popped into my mind. That being said, I guess it's because we have something to watch soon, which will be the draft, and I don't really like to watch the draft, but now I'm kind of curious. So I just want to hear everybody's thoughts on my little rants of things and Mel Kuyper's face. <laughs> we can always talk about Mel Kuyper's face, right?
0: <laughs> um, okay. Oh, guys, we're at our halfway point. Just notice we're one hour and three minutes in, so it is our word from our non-sponsors, People, Places, Things, Concepts, what have you, that you've been enjoying over the last week or so. I freaking browser's not working on here, but I'll figure it out anyways, and we'll just talk about it. So who wants to go first this week? Freddie, do you
1: want to do the honors this week? Oh, sure, I'll go first. Yay. Uh,
2: so... Uh... Sponsor something that I kind of wanted to get into earlier, but I guess I didn't have the chance, which was uh, quarterbacks who I would uh, sign if I were my expansion teams in the NFL XL. And so uh, I've been doing this sort of thing where I've been looking at uh, who's currently in the league or who's kind of floating around it as a free agent, but uh, um, and I've been sort of taking a look at it from like an expansion draft perspective and saying, well, who would each of these teams sign as their first franchise quarterbacks? And so I want to give a shout-out to uh, Case Keenum and Joe Flacco of the Oklahoma Mustangs. <laughs> <laughs> Jameis Winston and Blake Orwells of the Orlando Comets, <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Mariota of the Portland Paladins. Yeah. Cam Newton of the Sacramento Bobcats. Okay. Taysom Hill and PJ Walker of the Salt Lake Stingers. <laughs> yes. Jacoby Brissett of the Destroyers.
0: Jordan Toamu returning to St. Louis with the Archers. And uh, Nick Foles with the Virginia Voyagers. Mm. keep doing what you're doing, and maybe someday the league will actually expand and you will get that chance. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, no need for the AF or XFL. We'll just have, exactly. we'll just have uh, eight more teams, and they can be terrible. <laughs> well, the XFL is dead. <laughs> That's true. We didn't get to talk. Well, we'll talk about the next half, about the death of the XFL. And, and Charles is disdain for it because it means this fan will focus on wrestling from here on out. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, thank you to all those quarterbacks for being mediocre and mediocre enough to be. Uh, future starting quarterbacks for the eight expansion teams nFL will will, will go to all right i like that i like that a lot it was very funny
1: um okay uh who's next uh i don't know i, I want to go last this week if that's all right all right that's fine um
3: i could take it yeah, yeah go yeah. ahead all right so you know guys with the quarantine i've been doing a lot sick gaming like unhealthy amount but a healthy amount of it and a lot of it's just kind of going through my backlog and in the last two weeks i have dedicated 25 hours worth of gaming to this one particular game that i've had it i've heard great things about it it was in game of the year contentions for the ps4 but i never really acknowledged it i bought it for like black friday like two black friday goes for like 15 bucks And I've kind of dived in and I went head first into the water and it is just a refreshing breath of fresh air and that's Horizon Zero Dawn Um, to not kind of go into spoiling of it because I don't necessarily want to, but I'm just going to read the back cover of the thing that I have, the box art, say, Earth is ours no more. A thousand years from now, machines roam the land, and mankind's no longer the dominant species. A young huntress embarks on a journey to discover her destiny. You guys, it's so freaking cool. I got There's, like, mechanical dinosaurs and mechanical animals in there. I got on something called a tall neck, which is just... Looks like a brontosaurus, and I had to overwrite it. It is an original story about the, I guess, the re civilization after the fall of the earth, post post apocalyptic. Gameplay is pretty solid. It's nothing new and original, in my opinion. It's like a mixture of some of the Assassin's Creed with some of the Arkham Asylums with some RPG light elements, but the story is invested in strong, you know, main central character. I, I like just kind of killing stuff. Stuff and hunting stuff that are mechanical. There's something great about it. And I'm still uncovering new kind of machines to attack. Like yesterday I run into something called a th- Thunderjaw and a behemoth. And I'm like, yes, I want to destroy that. It's crafting as resources. Mm-hmm. I can make outfits. I can modify my weapons. I can make it stronger. And the OCD inside of me just wants to be strong. And what I found, and this is kind of weird, but it has a strong central female character. And my game of the year last year featured a strong female character, which was Control. You guys should play it if you have a PS4 or an Xbox One or a PC. Same thing's going on Horizon. I won't call it game of the year of 2020 because it came out in 2017, but it does have a expansion pass, which I'm probably actually going to buy because it's 10 bucks. the Frozen Wild. And it's supposed to actually expand on the story. So... It's more time invested. The game log from HowLongToBeat.com says the game can range from 50 to 60 hours. I'm kind of close halfway through, and now we're unraveling more of the story. And I kind of like it because the last couple weeks I played Crash Bandicoot 2, Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion 3, Guacamelee 2, all shout outs to them. But they're a little bit light on the story. They're cute, they're charming. Francisco knows my advancements going to Link's Awakening you know aside from the very depressive ending that i felt in my soul this one's kind of like a hit in the face it's like hey do you like sci-fi do you like a little bit of that low fantasy and do you also like character build and then apparently there's some people involved and then yesterday on a mission i had like i, I was like man i really kind of want a grenade and i realized i had a slingshot that shoots elementals <laughs> and that just changed the game completely so i've been enjoying it it's one of those few games that i feel like it's gonna stay with me for a while so i kind of it's those games where i hate myself for not playing it earlier but now i was the time to do it because it's kind of tough being an attorney playing something that's uh game length is about 50 hours so like everything else in life what you need falls into place and i'm very happy that i got a chance to play it so horizon zero dawn it's probably like 10 or 15 bucks for your ps4 if you have not played it played it if you haven't bought it to play it buy it andrew um or anybody else and it's just a good investment of time and promo code uh promo code bout time bout Bout time okay
0: okay uh I, i guess i'll go i'll go next So, uh, I can't get the browser going. You know what, guys? I'm going to buy a gaming PC. (laughs) I I think I'm finally, like, my computer is pissing me off now because it's not working the way I want it to for the show. So, yeah, I'm I'm not going to pay my rent. I'm just going to buy a gaming PC. Um, (laughs) uh, Anyways, my my non-sponsor is going to be Baseball Reference. Uh, Really, I could say all the reference, all the sports reference uh, websites because they're all like a family, a hockey reference, uh, a basketball reference. uh, I think there's a college football reference, too. There's a bunch of them. Uh, But I guess baseball reference for me because I've been doing lately a a string of uh, baseball simulations for our channel where I will pit an old version of our teams, the Yankees, the Rays, and the Marlins, versus whatever team they would have played on that night on their schedule. Uh, so I've done the the Yankees and, and the A's previously, the Rays and the Astros, and the Marlins and the Braves. Uh, our next one will be the Phillies and the Marlins. So, you know, stay tuned for that. But uh, one of the fun things I do is y- y- you look up all these old players and... And it's, it's hard to find some of these guys. There was a, a starting pitcher for the Rays named Ryan Roop, who I had no idea existed. But he did, and he was not very good at what he did. But he made it to the major leagues, and it was a long journey and all that stuff. Of course, he did very hard work. But uh, it, it's hard, it was hard to find information about him. But baseballreference.com. Has all of that information, even if you played only one game in Major League Baseball and only had one at bat or only went on the field one time, you are officially a baseball player, and they will have that information logged into their website where you were, against who, on what date, how old you were when you made your debut. Heck, hockey reference. I checked up David Ayers. He's got his numbers up there. I checked up Scott Foster. He's up there, too. So, the reference websites, they're on their game. I love them. They are perfect for looking up all kinds of scenarios from, like, whether you're trying to project if somebody's going to make the Hall of Fame or you just want to figure out what the heck did this guy do on this one day in baseball history or basketball or football or hockey history. They have it there. So, um, promo code... um, uh uh i didn't know you existed <laughs> okay um
1: my turn oh, i man, guess i forgot my promo code oh what's your promo code oh nfl <laughs> yeah that NFL way that Excel. works i love
0: i love the double meaning i i you, you you need to trademark that you should trademark that all right before tom brady gets him calls it nfl <laughs> tom or something <laughs>
1: Uh, mine, my non-sponsor, uh, another video game, uh, is going to be Cities Skylines. Oh, I saw. Um, it is, the best way I can describe it in a couple of, in one sentence, is um, it's, it's, it's like uh, SimCity. It's like, a, it's like an updated version of SimCity. And it's, you know, you can, uh, you know, do it the old-fashioned way, you know, build it up from scratch, uh, which, I do, which I will do eventually, but I'm kind of using it almost like a zen garden. So I've got all the cheats on, I've, you know, got unlimited money, and I'm just building the perfect, my perfect ideal city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just kind of tending to it like a virtual zen garden and i'll build another city which i will ravage with disasters at some point uh, but it's a great way to kind of you know de-stress uh kill some time uh i think it's on sale right now on steam so i would if you're looking for a way to kill some time for a relatively cheap game i'd recommend getting it
0: That's uh that's a good game I've been watching this channel on YouTube called city beautiful and he talked to the developers of that game because he's like he's a like a city planet or these um, he that's what he's into so and what went into their decisions as to constructing the game so that's uh,
1: I like that that's pretty that's pretty cool man uh, promo code virtual Zen Garden Hmm. Okay.
0: Perfect. All right. So that's the word from our non-sponsors. So I guess we'll we'll move on to XFL talk. This is the last time. Um, we'll,
1: what happened? Freddie, you said that you were going to head out at this point. Uh. Or you know If you're going to talk about XFL, I can stay on. Yeah. Whatever. It's
0: all up to you, man. All right. So uh, unfortunately, the XFL. Uh, was another victim of the virus and is not going to be there. And Charles is very sad.
3: Charles is super sad. So let's talk about it pragmatically. And then, you know, maybe we stay for Charles is upset for the cage and the Vince McMahon purposes, but they filed for bankruptcy. It turned out in those numbers that the WWE, the organization, the company actually owned about 25% of the shares. So that might impact Vince and WWE because if I'm, any shareholders i want them voted out because they use funds for different things that failed out even though he said he was going to sell his stocks to create anthem sports and all this other fun stuff but i felt bad that it kind of went out not so much because i like seeing vince mcmahon succeed but it seems that it had its opportunity to grow and it was a victim of circumstances the feel good story was of course pj walker who is now in carolina um so it kind of worked against what the AAF want to do, which was just basically saying we're just going to kiss the butt of Roger Goodell and get players ready, whereas the XFL says we're just going to kind of shine. It had its uh, originalities. It had its weird ways of doing the points. Um, You had some known figures such as Bob Stoops in there, even Mark Trestman, if you want to call Mark Trestman a big name. I don't necessarily call him a big name, despite the fact he was a good offensive coordinator for the Ravens. I think the year after they won the Super Bowl, um, they lost a lot of money coming into it, but it, it just seems like that the NFL is just impervious not that anybody really wanted real um competition to the NFL I know I really didn't but what I wanted was just an opportunity to see maybe the if we use these rules does the NFL want to kind of take it there's always the issues of overtime uh how to use the overtime because I still kind of feel that the whole you make a field goal first in overtime but they haven't a chance to shoot the touchdown kind of takes away from the team that got the field goal first, but yet it becomes sudden death, I think, in overtime in the playoffs. So, you know, what's good is for the Goose, not good for the Gander. And, you know, there were some players who were on the fringes that were coming back in that could have used that spotlight, especially since the new NFL CBA allowed for a higher roster, uh, just practice squads and also game days. That You know, you kind of want to scout, an entire season of the XFL, I would feel, for guys who've, who are still relatively young. You know, they, They've probably been available to play for two or three years because they're just going go to go onto the wayside now that we have a ridiculously deep draft. You know, these corners and – well, not corners necessarily, but wideouts. Um, you have linemen there coming in. There are some defensive line guys. So those guys who are making the progresses that could have had a complete good field goals or feel-good story like PJ Walker don't get the opportunity to mind you. It's not as if uh, Aaron Murray was going to get selected out of it. Aaron Murray played trash, but for other guys who if they were on the cusp of it, right, because everybody's getting it together. So that, and we lose out on that little weird void of time because I know attendance was going up, ratings were going down, but what do you expect? It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. So that's just kind of my feelings on the XFL itself going out. For good, it ain't coming back, it's cancelled, it's bankrupt. What do you guys think?
1: Uh well I know a lot of people are you know, trolling on the internet saying, you know, oh the XFL died again, you know, blah 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 but I don't buy that. This you can't foresee a pandemic of historic proportions like this. Um, and it came at probably the worst possible time for a new league. Um, you know, they're still trying to establish themselves. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know. It's they said that they had three years worth of money that they could have gone with, but that's three years worth, assuming that you're getting the sales and whatever. And I honestly think they could have made it because you know, you had a very solid financial backing from, or supposedly solid financial backing from Vince McMahon. Um, And then also they outsold the entire uh, AAF in like two weeks. So I think they had something going. They had great media partners um they seemed like they could have done it it's just they got really raw deal when it comes to a freaking pandemic um so there's really no fault of their own and i I, you can't really say that oh the xfl died again because you you just can't anticipate something like that Uh, freddie what about
0: you what's what's your feelings (laughs) I mean, I think you guys are making a lot of good points. The point
2: I want to make is about what people are saying about the Houston Roughnecks and how they're calling them sort of the champions of the 2020 XFL League. And all I want to say on that note is, you know, the best team doesn't always win the championship. And so I feel like you could call them the best team, yeah, because they were 5-0 and, and no other team had uh, one win or fewer, and, uh, you know, they were way out ahead in my ratings, which is separate thing but uh um you can't call them the champions they didn't win a championship game and i I think it's i think it's pretty much as simple as that
0: yeah kind of like uh 94 montreal expo's kind of thing like they were the best team yes but they didn't win it
2: there were no they weren't champions there were no champions
0: okay but um, how do you feel, I mean, do you, it's so hard to speculate, I mean, because all this now is speculation, would they, they probably would have survived this season, and would have gone to 2021, I think, it looked that way. I think they would have, because the numbers you're seeing on how
2: the situation seemed, those are reflective of the fact that they thought that that, that money was going to still be coming in this whole time that people were going to be going to games and games were going to be being played and that they were selling all kinds of merchandise and stuff, that the TV numbers were still coming in. And so I think if it hadn't been for this whole pandemic, they would have been in a way better situation and they would have kept going on until, you know, at least
0: for another two years maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this this was... steadily decreasing but we don't know where they would have bottomed out it was i mean this was definitely the most well thought out of either the aaf or xfl 1.0 this was the most well thought out it seemed they they planned it so far ahead and like andrew said you can't plan out logistical nightmare of a pandemic but it looked like they were and i guess like you were saying probably would have like a three-year plan at least to survive and see how far they could go. Um, or at least create a foothold in in some of these cities. Um they they didn't need to have a sold out 60,000 plus seat stadium. They were good with 20k to 40k um or between that those numbers and and the crowds that they did get like the New York crowds, I like they always seemed like they were they were good crowds, the Houston crowds. Um it seemed like they had... They were gaining a foothold. They were going to... Um, they were definitely dependent on ticket revenues. They needed people to show up and go watch them. Which is kind of like the model the NHL kind of works on. So... I, People, people would have... Especially if you're a football-only fan. Look, this is the best football we're going to give you. From now until August when college football comes back. I think... It, it, it would have gained a following. I think people were res- more receptive to that than the other leagues, especially because, you know, the first XFL was kind of like, whoa, look, it's the, it's the early 2000s, bro. <laughs> let's do some weird stuff with football. Yeah. Whereas this one was like, no, let's let's put together a legitimate sports league, give these players a shot, change up the rules to something that we think is sensible, and see where it goes. <laughs> you know that that's that's kind of why i think it was more endearing to people now than it was before that
3: francisco can we have you just use that voice for the final 20 minutes and just say tubular? <laughs> yeah just like pure surf ninjas man like you know we're talking about a callback you know pure surf ninjas that
0: was my my <laughs> that was my if i was a kid on rocket power voice so
1: yeah <laughs> i can't believe you just brought up surf ninjas that's um
3: do you you not talk about surf ninjas do do you
1: not
3: like yeah there's certain things what better than fighting some ancient evil with my buddies as i hang 10 and we got rocket power in there side note you want to know another netflix show hybrid combination live action with animation style of surf ninjas meets rocket power I don't really remember Otto Rocket. I think it was his name. Yeah, I just remember the, Otto and Sam. Yeah. So they transfer over to the Surf Ninjas, and then they have to go fight the dudes in the sequel. I would sign up for that. <laughs> Netflix called me. I'm still here about Aces and Jammed. Um, please do.
0: Oh boy. Okay. Um, so what was if you had to say was what was the most successful thing that the XFL did, Freddie?
2: was the fan engagement you know getting like uh i mean their their social media was uh
0: that's true
2: second to none
0: that's very much true
2: engaging with the fans and bringing up all sorts of memes on their twitter and and then separately you have the the beer snakes in
1: yes i was hoping you'd bring up the beer snakes contributed to himself i i i you know what i really
0: liked was the transparency in the uh officiating it was really nice to i mean i know they were really really in depth with the whole um fan like in like the insight to the coaches, to the players, and even to the officiating. But I enjoyed that thing about the officiating more because, look, um, because the Dolphins have been so terrible for a while, I've football is my fourth favorite sport. So the Dolphins haven't helped much, and the Seminoles haven't helped much either lately. So uh, I, I don't follow football as closely as I do the other sports. So when... You know, you guys are talking football. I kind of hang back and be like, "Yeah, the Seminoles and Dolphins are still terrible." So I've got nothing to t- to 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 add here. But the XFL, when the games that I did see that people were that they were showing on on Fox and stuff or ESPN, uh, though the replay stuff really it, it was really cool to see. Um, I enjoyed that a, a ton. I enjoyed. The overtime format, as well. Uh, I enjoyed the fact that they the the kickoffs that they they didn't really have kickoff or they had kickoffs, but it was kind of different. Uh, it was a lot more safe in a way than than I than I can remember. I liked the rule changes that they had, which was pretty nice to see. I um, I always ached in the XFL to because to a minor league in a sense. But minor leagues are great because they can experiment with different rules that the pro leagues or the, the major leagues aren't willing to do or are tentative in, in in implementing. So um, it happens a lot in baseball and in basketball, too. So I like that the XFL was willing to go there for rule changes to the sport that they thought made sense. I enjoyed that a lot. I think they did that. That was one of the best things that they did was to show us a different way to play football that wasn't so different where it kind of turned everybody off. All right. Uh, I concur. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. So, um, rest in peace, XFL, 2020 to 2020. <laughs> um, uh, we hardly knew ye. And... um I, I think I mean do you guys think there will be a chance like after all this is over and we can all go outside and um and be normal again do you think it'll come back in some way like do you think okay they'll 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 cut the losses for now and then two years from now Vince again you know a little more senile will come back and be like let's do this again
3: yeah and it just yeah, comes to down to... sale and so someone could. End up reviving
2: it. Uh, you know, as, as, as soon as this is all is over, you know, maybe, you know, they, they need a couple of years to prepare everything so that it's a good product on the field. But cool. uh, it could happen. It might not be Vince McMahon who's doing it, but it could happen.
3: So, Freddie, he made me think about something, and I don't think Vince would do it. And I'm calling for that single mind, but, question would the NFL want to put it, its hands in that cookie jar and kind of make their own little hybrid G League? Because that's essentially what you're doing, right? I don't know. If you're going to find these guys, you're doing dress rehearsal, basically.
0: I mean, that was the whole goal of the AAF, right? Like, even how... I
2: think that was uh, something that uh, Tom Dundon was pushing once once he got his hands in there was that Mm. he wanted it to be uh you know with with the collective bargaining agreement being something that was coming up last year uh, i think that was something that he wanted to get involved in and then he pulled the plug when he figured out that that wasn't going to happen
1: right yeah that's true that's a good point Tom dundon is persona non grata around here at least with charles
0: uh i don't mind i like the carolina hurricanes i like those bunch of jerks so. <laughs> you know, if he's putting the bill for those guys, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um uh okay, so uh man, I was going to say one more thing about the XFL, but now I lost it. Oh well. I guess it was just like the XFL, it just didn't pan out. Um all right, so that's
1: our XFL talk. So um Freddie had suggested something. I didn't hmm. really, I forgot to bring this up. And Freddie, if you want to stay on for this, uh, by all means. Um, what is it? Uh, what's that? What was it? Kyle Larson.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I, I, don't, I don't have all that much to say
3: about it, to be honest. Do you guys, guys want to talk about it, or...? He's the one who used the uh, racial slur because he lost a video game, right?
1: Uh, he didn't lose a video game. It's he was trying to get
3: people's attention.
1: Is he a
0: goon? They weren't listening to him. Can we? Can this be our goon?
3: Yeah.
0: Combo. I'm clicking it.
3: Goon. I'm clicking it. And it's and it's interested. clicked.
0: It's it's. We've moved on. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't think I could put it up on the screen here. Because it's not really working for me, but. I'll try. But go ahead, Andrew. Uh,
1: what an idiot. There we go. I mean, he, he tanked his own career. He was just fired today. Yep, there it is. Um, and he's by his team, and he's suspended by NASCAR as a whole. Um, you know, at a NASCAR standpoint, he really did not help the image that's for sure the the stereotype of uh well i don't want to use a negative term but i'm sure you guys know where i'm going with it Uh,
0: can i say it or can i give you the the gist of what they think basically the hillbilly kind of like yeah you know ricky bobby type of thing yeah yeah, i guess that's (laughs) a way to put it (laughs) i was i I Um, almost went yosemite sam there but whatever Oh, uh, Marcus, Marcus Stroman wants to fight him in a UFC battle, so maybe there's some good that come I'm out of this. That. I'm
1: for that. I am absolutely for that.
0: Goes to COVID nineteen stuff. They could do it in Florida because, it, it, or they could do a wrestling match, WWE, right? So, yep.
1: Yeah, it's. I don't know what he was thinking. Uh... I don't know if it was a
0: thought. Maybe it was just a reflex a natural impulse okay you know that is not an impulse you should have ah well well it's it's kind of the impulse a lot of people think how nascar fans have so <laughs> uh i'm not afraid to say it um i'm not saying all nascar fans are like that that's for sure but it's the stereotype much like other stereotypes only I mean, canadians like hockey right so so that type of stuff anyway <laughs> Canadians are assholes when it comes to hockey, though. So I've said that many. <laughs> I've said that many at times, and I, I've pissed off many Canadians when I've said it. So, <laughs> um, all right. So that's our goon. I don't have any other goons. It's hard to find goons nowadays. Uh, yeah, but true. You usually, wanna, even even in the esports world or i racing, whatever you want to call it, uh, virtual racing, there's always somebody that's that's willing to put their foot in their mouth. So. There it is. Okay.
1: So, uh, I don't know. What should we talk about now?
0: I mean, let's see. We are, time wise, we're an hour and 35. Freddie, if you have to go, um, by all means. If you, we gotta yeah. Go. yeah, but was being on here, though. thank you. It was a
1: pleasure having you. Thank you for your insight for around the NFL XL. Um, seriously, copyright that. Uh, or trademark it. Uh, I
0: mean, it doesn't have to mean National Football League XL or forty. It can just be NFL XL. Like the ECHL just means ECHL, and the NFL would have to pay you for that trademark. Just, I'm not a copy. I'm not a copyright slash patent or a trademark lawyer, so don't believe me on that. You might want to look
1: that up, but you know, just saying. Definitely. All right, Freddie. We'll have a wonderful evening, and thank you again for coming on.
2: Thanks, you guys too. Thanks, Freddie. Bye. Adios.
0: Bye. Oh, that was that was really nice, Andrew. Thanks for bringing him on. Actually, that was that was really cool. That NFL XL thing is a freaking goldmine. mine. I <laughs> I <know. think. laughs> Seriously, he needs. Uh, uh, do we know uh, do you, any intellectual property lawyers? Or, can look I, it up.
1: I think there's at least one.
0: I mean, I've copyrighted some of my own stuff, but I've never, like, trademarked anything, so... Um, Okay. Uh, Let me look at my old notes. Did did I have, like, a minor league team I didn't talk about last time or something? I talked about Iowa Wolves. Uh, Let's see. Player to remember to forget. Yeah, there's always a player we can forget or remember. Um, Oh, yeah, I had one. Here we go. I had one from last week that I didn't get to use. So... There we go. Uh, So... My player to remember forget this week is Earl Watson. Hmm. All right. The
3: basketball player slash coach.
0: Ah, looks like Charles did remember somebody. Yeah, so, yeah, Earl Watson, a former professional basketball player, and now he's a coach, uh, played in the NBA, was a point guard uh, out of UCLA. He was drafted in 2001 in the second round, 39th overall. He uh, played for a bunch of teams here, the Seattle Supersonics, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Denver Nuggets, went back to Seattle and was with them when they moved to Oklahoma City to become the Thunder, the Utah Jazz, and then finished his career with the Portland TrailBlazers. He then became an assistant coach with the Austin Spurs, the G League affiliate of San Antonio. And then became an assistant coach for the Phoenix Suns. And then ultimately became the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Although now he, I think he's no longer with them. He is currently on the committee of Bar Ball's Junior Basketball Association. And yeah, and then he was one time engaged to Joy Taylor. Who is Jason Taylor's sister and is a, uh, is a host on Fox Sports 1. And I think she has her own radio program out in Los Angeles. So there you go. And she's a very beautiful woman, so he missed out. <laughs> um, yeah. And, of course, Jason Taylor is a Hall of Famer from the Miami Dolphins. So there you go. That's Earl Watson.
3: And Charles remembered him. So there you go. So I remember him just because I believe he got the Phoenix Suns uh, coaching position yep. uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just a terrible fire a uh, hire because normally and for and we can kind of bounce off this idea for two seconds there's a lot of point guards who seem to be hired as head coaches doc rivers i believe was a former uh, point guard mark jackson was they, they just kind of circulate around and this is what phoenix was when it was devin booker's i think second or third year and mm. you, know, you know how i feel about devin booker i don't really think he's that great i think he's a point producer but when you're the only bit of talent on the team guess what's gonna happen them stats are going crazy he was crazy good this year though and of course corona so you got out on that mm. uh, but watson came in i don't even know if he got an interim position but he was just hired i, I think how it went was he got an interim position yeah he, he was the out. assistant
0: coach and then yeah then they fired whoever was the old son's coach and yeah he was interim
3: so he he gets it and then he's fired after a year and then they get that Igor Karkaroff, Voldemort supporter sounding guy <laughs> okay. from uh, book 4 Goblet of Fire and the whole thing was about preaching patience and then they fire him and now it's oh. Ronnie Williams yeah. I believe so like that's just a, it, it he it's, is it's the, the sons
0: being the sons
3: exactly so he is now the poster child of disorganization in the organization and also i remember playing him because i play a lot of nba 2k and i think the first nba 2k i played was nba 2k 12 and i think i played with him a couple times i don't know if he was on indiana or whatever portland probably Um, at the end of his career portland portland so uh that that's was my go-to and i just remember saying ah yeah what a crappy hire and then i was completely right about that so i felt good about myself for being right and then when they get fired you, you don't want people to lose their jobs but uh there's a certain kind of vindication you know uh, the I, snobbiness I, I, yeah
0: i mean at the same time it's the sun so it was just like this carousel of them trying to figure out what to do getting number one picks and stuff like that and they you know, nothing nothing is working out for them they're getting getting schooled by a nine-year-old woman so it's not nothing's going good for the Phoenix Suns, the last few years. So, yeah, he's he's a perfect shining example of the the this organization of the organization, as you said. All right, so Earl Watson, you know, yeah, I don't know what you did to to lose Joy Taylor, but man, you screwed up. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. All right, let's get out of there. Um. Let's see, we are at one hour and 41 minute mark. Is there any topic you guys want to talk about at all? Anything different? Uh, well, there's the... Diablo. Diablo?
3: What? <laughs> no, no, not, not Diablo, no. Oh, I mean... I was going to say, do you have another player you remember? But I was like, ah, right I,
0: I, I mean, good. we have... I mean, there's, of course, the baseball talk of the realignment. Again, having the spring training teams uh, staying where they're at. And just playing those as their leagues or conferences or what have you. Um, did you guys read up on that or I can explain it, you know? Please explain. Okay, so my idea, as I've as I've said, and Charles has told me to retweet and I have, um, but basically spring training complexes in Arizona and Florida will be the home ballparks of the Major League Baseball teams. And then I guess... Tropicana Field, Marlins Park and Chase Field as like backups or what have you. And then um, the thing that they went further with was splitting the leagues into divisions. So the Grapefruit League would have a north, south and east division. And I think the the Cactus League would have like a northwest Uh, Southwest and some other division what have you but uh, the divisions make sense geographically especially in Florida so like Florida the Yankees would be with uh, the Phillies who play out in Clearwater the Yankees play out in Tampa the Tigers play in Lakeland the Pirates play in Bradenton and the Blue Jays play out in Dunedin so those are kind of north or or in the Tampa area then the South would be the Atlanta Braves the Baltimore Orioles because they both play in Sarasota the Tampa Bay Rays who play out in Port Charlotte going south now and then Fort Myers for Minnesota and Boston because they uh, and that's the South and they're all kind of along the line I 75 there so the, the travel wouldn't be that hard for them so they'd be in one division and then the East, which would be uh, the Mets up in Port St. Lucie, the Marlins, the Cardinals in Jupiter, and then the dirty, stinking, cheating Astros, and the Nationals in West Palm Beach. It makes sense, right? I mean, it makes a lot of sense geographically. Makes perfect sense for for Florida. Um, Arizona, I, I forgot, I don't have it on me, but a lot of the teams share complexes out there, so it, it all makes sense when I looked into it. This makes sense, Um, but there are qualms that I have with the setup, but of course, it's just um, logistical stuff, but for me, uh, rain in Florida, heat in Arizona, those are like killers for me, especially in the summer, if this goes into the summer, and oh god, this... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I get depressed thinking about it going into the summer. Um, like Florida schedule I know we have two dome stadiums and it could work especially like if you you know if there's a rain out for some like you can have some teams play in Tropicana and play at Marlins Park. but if a hurricane God forbid a hurricane comes, that completely destroys the scheduling that baseball would have for this. It would. Like, that'd be it. Arizona? I don't... At every time of the day in the summer, it is 100 degrees. <laughs> I don't care if it's a dry heat. I think the dry heat is worse, to be honest. Now that I've been there, it sucks the life right out of you. Like... You know, we've all been here in Florida in the freaking summer and it's all steamy and hot and sticky. But I can, like, at the very least, I'm sweating. In Arizona, there's no sweat, it evaporates from your body. All the liquid is gone from you. You are shriveling up. That's worse for me. And I can't see them playing an 11 o'clock game <laughs> in the Arizona sun. They would have to play at Chase Field, and there's 15 teams that have to share one facility. That's not going to work either. That's my. That's those are my qualms. I'd love for it to happen, just for it to happen. Or Arizona would just play straight up night games, but even then, it's gonna be freaking hot. Um, those are my qualms. I don't know what you guys think.
1: I mean, I want baseball as much as the next guy. Although we are getting it now with uh, KBO and uh, Taiwan. And uh, CPBL as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have something at least, but uh, I'm more worried about the players, if I'm being honest, because I don't want them to get sick just for our benefit. i um, sure it will be a massive windfall uh, for ESPN and all these places that will be able to air yeah. the games. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, as much as I want sports, especially baseball, and let's be honest, if baseball is the only sport on, it is going to be more popular than it's been in decades, right? People are going to watch just for the sheer fact that it's something to watch and it's sports. I mean, people are staying up till two in the morning Eastern to watch scrimmages in Korea. Yeah, all for the simple fact that it's live sports. Honestly,
0: okay, this is what happened. I couldn't sleep the other day, and I was up like at five a.m., and I was on Twitch, and there's the like you said the Chinese Professional League Baseball whatever, which is in Taiwan. Uh, I was like, well, this is an interesting turn of events, and I watched a couple innings. <laughs> um, it, it's it's gotten that that bad for me.
1: Yeah, it's so. If there's any benefit, it's that baseball is going to become America's pastime again, um, for the most part. But I don't want that to happen at the risk of infecting the players and right. then by extension their families. Um, you know, it's entirely possible that we're not going to have a vaccine for this thing for another year. Um, so, for them to get sick with such a terrible, terrible virus, uh, just for a few bucks, relatively speaking, uh, it's, I don't feel it's worth it. I would have
0: some, some... I think the only way this would work for me is, it, is they would have to limit the amount of games per week for each team. Uh, Just so that there's less exposure. There's more open dates just in case there are cancellations due to extreme heat or rain. Um, Or at least moving games to the Major League facilities uh, to to play there. Um, So like instead of... Because some teams play literally every day of the week sometimes during the regular Major League Baseball schedule. I think... Most extreme, one game per week. Basically make it like a football version of baseball. Um, or um, three, max four games per week for each team to play.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so then you have those open dates every other day. Kind of like the NHL and the NBA. So you have times for, for players to rest. Um You'd have to eliminate extra innings, essentially. Um, Or maybe one extra inning and then, hey, do the NHL version, the the baseball version of a shootout. (laughs) It's like, all right, put the pitching machine out there. Let's see how many dingers these guys can hit (laughs) in in this amount of time, whatever, or in these amount of chances. Um, Because... uh, the season's already kind of uh, what? let's go crazy with it if we're going to do this let's go crazy with it let's have some fun uh, whoever wins the World Series in this scenario is still legitimate World Series champion and, but let's just have some fun with it alright I don't care That's, that, those are like the, the things that I would want in order for this to kind of work for me and I think work for a lot of people let's get experimental with it if we're going to go this, this route Mm-hmm. Uh Okay. I mean uh, uh, Charles, do, we wanna to go to the cage. We're in the last nine minutes here.
3: We'll do we'll do the cage. We'll do the cage. <laughs> Yay, okay. So I can't tell if the graphic up. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so uh, even though I can't tell with the graphic on Twitch for whatever reason, I'm just going to start my usual thing. Welcome, everybody, to your weekly truplex, the cage with Charles. Perfect. Uh, As we all know, full disclaimer, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a dance. It is ballet. It is poetry. Emotion is about men and women chasing championships, men and women trying to beat the holy hell out of each other, and some people just having some good old-fashioned soap opera going on in our life. All that being said not a lot going on wrestling world not that i want to jinx ourselves oh wait i lied big news coming in because we're going to kind of tie it all around to vince mcmahon and whatever baby he sacrificed over the weekend to get certain things going his way we touched upon it earlier the xfl is dead what does this all mean it means vince is going to focus his attention on wrestling That is terrible news for Charles and his opinion. Why? Because WrestleMania was kind of a success. You're going to hear contrarians say differently, but this a contrarian liked a lot. Night one was better than night two. That's just my personal opinion, but overall it was nice. Vince is going to get ahead of himself. He's going to ruin things. It's what happened last year because we had Kofi Mania and also we had the wild card rule and we can't have nice things. This is going to lead to Vince's egomaniac kind of personality to kind of transcend to a new kind of level because what happened? Florida, in the same fell swoop of Vince McMahon lost the XFL, Florida and our governor has deemed wrestling to be essential, which means no curfew apply, which means Vince gets to come back to live shows. No more pre-taping. Now, mind you, what that means is those who want to wrestle are still going to wrestle. And those who aren't going to wrestle are going to be written off TV. So you're not going to see Roman Reigns. You're going to get Austin Theory. I like Austin Theory. He's an okay guy. He's 22. He was an NXT call-up to help fill in the need of dudes who got injured who got sick. He had a WrestleMania match against the Street Profits with Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team Championships. It was just a match. But now, those who are hungry and those who are yes-men and yes-women are going to get that TV exposure. Whereas those who kind of want to do things for their safety and their family's safety, I feel, are going to get what blackballed. That's just me. But now, Vince's whole megalomania.
0: Lost you, Charles. Hello.
3: Is going to center on why? Because we're going to still have money in the bank. I mean, thank you, got your championship title shot by climbing a ladder. Hello.
0: <laughs> okay, I think you ca- you finally caught up now. <laughs> I think you were behind, and they kind of zoom. You got of spoke really fast, ever. You zoomed back in. Are you here? <laughs> I think there's a little bit of lag going on. Hello. I think we lost him, Andrew. Are you there
1: too? Uh, I don't hear him.
0: Okay, I hear you. So right. I think it's just it's on his end. All right. Um, well, I saw AEW on Wednesday last last week. So I'm going to continue this cage here as as poorly as possible. Um, this guy what named uh, I <laughs> I watched um, this guy talking to a drone outside of his very swanky looking house. I don't know if it was house house or not. Then he was burning something. And he had this wild hair. I don't know who he was. I bet Charles can can probably have some insight on there. I so I don't know if Charles can pop in and pop back here at some point. But um, then I saw Cody Rhodes, the guy with the awful neck tattoo, and he beat some guy. And I was kind of taking a gap. Hey, can you hear me? Okay, yeah, I'm yeah taking it back. back. Okay, I'm back. I was I was I was poorly talking about the AEW last week hello
2: Did
0: we lose um, him again? Sean
3: Spears versus Cody Rhodes yes
0: that's what I was talking about the guy with the awful neck tattoo one
3: hello I think we got him again okay uh, I don't know what's going on I guess it's because I was talking smack about Vince McMahon <laughs> and he probably silenced me but let's transition to AEW for a second you saw what it's like the competitor it has potential and then it doesn't make sense right yeah and they need time to build into the casual fans. I mean, how about this, Francisco? Because we all know what I'm going to say about WWE. They got lucky. DeSantis says they're essential. They're going to make money. They're going to hope they're going to get people to be in there. What's your take on AEW, the other competition, and what you saw?
0: I mean, they're really struggling with the whole, like... (laughs) Uh, because at least, at least the WWE's performance center, I mean, there's you know a bunch of money that's backed into it. They, they kind of put on more of a show. I don't know where the heck they were taping. I think they're in Florida too. The AEW think is still in Florida um, somewhere. I think they were like, I forgot where they were. I think they were in Kissimmee or something like that. But um, presentation wasn't as, uh, you know, as high quality as uh, I would say. It was basically like, the wwe was like the ps2 version of a game and then like the dreamcast version was the aw there was notable differences between the two um but i i enjoyed it for what it was i mean I, I was trying to get into it and the whole guy talking to a drone thing i was confused but i mean i'm a noob so i, I can't really harp on too much but i can kind of tell there is a difference in quality between the two.
3: Yeah, and I I for one I do like AEW to what it can bring to the table, but I also understand and this is what I'll tell one of my friends who's very diehard WWE is that AEW's only been in existence since October. I mean, granted it's been around before them, but Dynamite has only been around since October, so it needs time to work out the kinks and both shows are going to have problems and weird moments without a live audience you feed off that emotion you feed off that crowd you feed off the story investments they're getting their tnt championship bracket so the matches are supposed to matter but the problem is is that it's the first round so those who are supposed to get the spotlight are going to look good but those who lose aren't going to get over anyway like sean spears he was a jobber as ty dillinger Over in WWE, so you would think it kind of changes a little bit on AEW, and it doesn't. Um, This week, I believe it's Lance Archer. I think it's going against Kip Sapien, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, listen, they give you something to watch. NXT, on the other hand, its competitor to transition there, gave us something different. They gave us Ciampa Gargano 4 in a very cinematic match the same akin to the undertaker and AJ styles and Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. And I got to tell you guys, I was kind of disappointed with it, but sometimes creative strokes happen and they don't all, you know, fall in the right place, but this is going to be a weird time for wrestling regardless, because AEW is going to benefit as well, because if WWE is going to be considered essential, then AEW should be considered essential. But are you going to get people to actually watch your shows because you're only going get certain qualities? Like Money in the Bank is not going to have a lot of the high star-studded guys competing in it. Um, you're only going to have a few like, – I lo- I like I respect Apollo Crews, but he's not necessarily the guy I want to see in my pay-per-view, but he might be in there. So you're not going to have a Roman Reigns you might not have other bigger names on there. So both shows are going to struggle. The ratings have been poor for obvious reasons. Maybe, I guess, the crowds might change when they realize we're in for a long haul, so might as well watch it because it doesn't mean the product's bad. It just, you have a stance of, I need fans to watch a wrestling match. I don't need fans to hype me up because I can watch a wrestling match and appreciate the technicians and the submission specialists and the Mm -hmm. brawlers and everything that comes in between. But some people are there for more of the emotion. Some people on either show feel that it's awkward when they're speaking to a crowd of nobody. Yeah. But the idea is if I'm already watching it through television, you could be directing it towards me because I am one of the audience. A wrestler who's done an excellent job of doing it that point, McIntyre. Actually, I like yeah, that point. But there are because, people who feel don't.
0: Because, look, um, like a noob like me, a noob like me, it's gonna be hard for me to get into this without a crowd and all that stuff because I can't I can't see what moments are significant or not. Usually a crowd can kinda of tell you like, oh, it's like, oh, I guess something really big has happened. And like, ooh, you know, that type of stuff, or boo, you know, they start booing the guy. it's like, oh, that guy's probably a douche, you know? <laughs> like, whereas now it's basically if you're in the know, you know what's going on already. You know what's going down. So it doesn't matter whether there's a crowd there or not. So why not tailor it to those people until we can get a crowd back or what have you? Unless they're looking at this like, hey, let's try and ease in the new people. But the only way you can do that is if you had like a like a pop up video type of thing it's like, bloop, this guy was this like explaining it to the crowd or what have you. Or if like a separate stream, which is like a guy teaching you what's going on, you know, or going
3: back on their history. Well, you talked on something that I think it's actually important because there's two ways of how you fix this. One, you make the matches go a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. They did that last week with Alistair Black versus Apollo Cruz. They went damn near 20 minutes, and it kind of showcased that Apollo Cruz has some talent in him. We know Alistair's talented, but these are guys who haven't been utilized as well as they should be. And two, if you want to help the casual crowds realize who's good or bad, this would have been perfect to have an on-screen GM as a presence there to make you kind of understand that cues because when you're wrestling in a ring, two people talking trash or just two people talking trash, mm-hmm. but to have a smarmy GM who can facilitate the good guy and the bad guy for you. And WWE has strayed away from doing that for the last year and a half or so because of the debacle of uh commissioner Corbin, I believe it was a uh, call when Baron Corbin was overseeing, he was a commissioner, he was uh, a com- constable Corbin. And then, their Ooh, failures yeah, were like the was May- he Canadian <laughs> no he, he was just he was just going that was his name it worked though because he hated him and AEW wants to be very anti-authority figures so they don't even have those but imagine having a GM saying these are the matches that matter and they can hype it up you're going to see two excellent writers so, these guys have had a feud or whatever they, they can facilitate it because WWE doesn't use managers either they're using Selena Vega who's creating a new staple with Andrade angel garza and austin theory which is a playoff i think of andrade's old uh, cmml um los ingobernables uh, faction but we'll see but you don't have enough managers that kind of make you really hate a side you know so if you're gonna get the fans in there you gotta either give them more mic time but you're not gonna have that crowd reaction so you're gonna know who you like francisco when you see them go for 20 minutes you can say, "Hey, I like this Marvel, but now you need to feel the story of why a guy should rise or fall, or you know, a person can get a payback." And that's something they're going to have to encounter because I think the ratings are going to be what they are for a while because people are going to want to watch the TV shows and whatnot. But it's not going to be overly terrible.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was awful. I didn't think it was a bad showing. Like I was, I was engaged enough to watch it. You know i mean there was this guy with like the really tall gigantic guy with like he just just kept staring i was like oh that guy i'm like i like the way you're staring and stuff but uh you know i'm still trying to get into it and see what's going down so i'll see what happens tomorrow if uh yeah. i mean i might as well tune in right
3: <laughs> yeah
0: might as well what else you got to do right
3: yeah that's true i could play we S- we fit <laughs> Or we can all just get on Rocket League and just hate ourselves. That's true as well. We could all uh,
0: just be on a team, and I can, yeah. All right. So is that is that all?
3: Yes, I think we lost Andrew. Yeah, and, uh, he messaged us on the chat, so um, I guess we'll close it out. Then. That's all I got on wrestling cage. Yeah, we'll we'll do the real MVP segment. Yeah. I guess uh, maybe he can call in. So. Well, I guess I'll just start it. And usually in Lewis place. So real MVP, our segment of everybody who is the MVP or the forefront. So our natural disclaimers kind of go to anybody in the health field, doctors, nurses, hell, even the people at the urgent care, anybody who's helping out with the CV issue, anybody who's donating the superstars, the athletes, the the rich the wealthy even though there's probably not as much as there should be to help us out anybody who's doing an effort to help people in the pandemics moms dads who are teaching Mm. their kids at home when they got to work their jobs Mm. um you know teachers themselves my sister's a teacher and she still has to go teach kids i have friends who are teachers they still got to put on that forefront um maybe the court system depending what kind of law you practice for considering Uh, certain things essential but uh (laughs) nah right that side isn't the real mvp but at least we're keeping certain people in jail i don't know but uh so anybody out there in the health industry that is putting a good benefit to the cv situation and putting their lives at risk to save others we thank you yeah you're the real mvp um and yeah i
0: mean I, i think that goes to show i can't really stick out i mean there's so many uh i guess the people i've been dealing with um uh uh usps mail people people delivering mail packages amazon you know dhl fedex ups all those people because they got to go out there and and deliver us the stuff that we can't go out and get anymore uh as so they they got to deal with all those packages and who knows what's on them and that type of stuff so uh, all those people all the people that are just in distributing uh warehouses and stuff um and for all these places as well all the pilots all the everybody everybody in in those networks too um food delivery people because i i ordered um doordash for the first time uh since this stuff has started and uh i gave a nice tip to the to the person doing that so um thank you to all those people uh restaurants that are still working trying to survive uh, and all of this, and um, I was actually I had an idea was uh, I might just do some Yelp reviews of places that I've been to over the past year or so that i never made a review for. Who knows if they survive, but I might as well give them something um, to think about. Maybe order from them as well uh, when I can. Yeah, there's so many. We <laughs> could we could do a whole show about this to be honest, and maybe we should. But um, that's it. That's all I got I, I we still don't have Andrew back. Uh, you, you covered it for me Oh Francisco. there's a sports one the Atlanta Braves I can't believe I'm saying this but the Atlanta Braves um, they have decided to pay their employees regardless if the season has started or not and for so they have decided you know we're just gonna keep,
1: we're gonna pay them. So, good guy, Atlanta Braves.
0: Yeah, good, good guy. Line, yeah. Good on the Atlanta Braves and a bunch of other major league teams will follow soon enough. And that's it. So um, I guess we'll, we'll close it out. So thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you to, to Freddie, Andrew, for, for bringing Freddie along. Uh, that was very nice, very interesting as well to hear his insights on NFL and XFL. Um. Um, oh yeah, uh, tune in I think on Thursday I will be streaming The Marlins versus the Phillies All-Star Baseball 2004 So you can join me If you want And we can talk about old baseball players <laughs> That's always fun to see um, I think Tomorrow might do a stream Watching wrestling So I hope Charles Senpai can, can guide me For that
2: sure.
0: Um And, you know, that's it. We'll be done. We're running out of ideas, but we're still going. We're we're still going. We're number 60. We might have to end the season at some point and just have like a little pause for ourselves for episodes, but we're still doing the other stuff. I'm trying to think of new things to do. I might do an NHL one or NBA one, like, hey, if the playoffs had started, these teams would have met up, and we'll do a, a simulation of that too. I don't know. But thanks, guys, for for joining me in all this.
1: I'm out. We're done. I
3: guess that'll do it for
1: us.
3: (laughs) Bye. All right. Bye. Rest in peace, Hank Steinbrenner, who basically said Red Sox Nation is non-existent, just creation of Red Sox and ESPN. Take everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Rest in peace to Carl Anthony Towns'
0: mom.